Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Phil Jordan, in studio host and producer of the Wolves Football on I six point nine, the Legend and Auburn Rider for last word on college football. You can follow me on social media at P Jordan SEC. The podcast is available on all your favorite podcast platforms, and you can also check it out over at WiregrassDailyNews.com. You can always email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com. Everybody joining me today on the Wednesday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. A uh, longtime friend, uh, John Johnson, uh, editor over sports editor over at the Dothan Eagle. Uh, and John, I appreciate you coming on the show. We're gonna we're gonna touch on the Tide Tigers and uh, Trojans here today. Yeah, glad to do it, Philip. Always glad talking to you, man. You've been doing this for a while now. I'm kind of kind of an expert on the podcast, so I'm I'm glad to jump on board anytime you need me and. If I can figure out how to get on there, it takes me a little doing to, 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 to get the links to work and all that kind of stuff. But I'm ready to help you out anytime. I appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the way uh, everything goes now. Because I know uh, you guys do sometimes you have to do when uh, the press conference with Coach Summerall had to do kind of like this kind of deal with him, too, as well. So it's just like yeah. it, it, when COVID happened, it's just like this is kind of now the norm now. Jumping it is. It, and, you know, when used to you'd go up to the press conference in person and this once COVID happened and you had to do remote Zooms and everything. Come to find out that it works really good because, you know, it saves us some time on the road, whoever the reporters are going from from wherever to Troy and back. And so, yeah, I think the Zoom, at least at Troy, is going to be something that's is there to stay. And it saved me a couple of hours on Mondays. And uh, so I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it is. It is a convenient thing. Uh, talking about Troy, you know, you know, people looking on on YouTube, see the talking tie Tigers and Trojans on the screen. We're going to start off with Troy and. And John, a dominant performance on Saturday, homecoming. They went 37 to 3. I thought coming in, maybe Arkansas State could do a little bit. They had won three in a row since they had switched over at quarterback. But uh Troy just dominated. Just you know, your overall thoughts on the Trojans' performance on Saturday. Yeah, I think they're starting to look a lot like last year, to be quite honest with you. The defense has gotten better every week, and that was something that was really concerning to me coming into the season, how they could be you know, near as good as they were last year because they were just dominant on that side of the ball a year ago. But, hey, it's starting to look a lot like last year on that side. And and then we knew the offense would be good, but it took a little bit of time to get the running game going. Um, I guess the second, third games didn't play very well at all on that side of the football as far as running the ball. But, hey, the last, you know, three three weeks or so, that, that part of the – Offense has really come to life with Kamani Vidal. I mean, he leads the nation in rushing. The offensive line, they had replaced three starters, so it was taking them a little time to adjust and and learn learn the offense, and, and they've really come on the last couple of weeks. And so this is a team right now that's really solid on both sides of the football. Um, every week on the last, I guess, three weeks or so, they've come against a really hot quarterback coming into the game. And each week they've really slowed that quarterback down. I mean, the defense has just handled the quarterback. And then on Troy's side of it, Gunnar Watson's been solid. And, 
you know, the kicking game has come along with, um, you know, they got a new kip, kicker in Scott Taylor Renfro, the Pike River Arts uh, product. And so really, I think Troy right now at midway point of the season, uh, they're looking really strong. And I think they would be the favorite again to, w- to win the Sun Belt title, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it seems like the recipe for success for Troy is you talk about that defense and just hand Kamani Vidal the mm-hmm. football. Was it now 20 and 3 uh, when he has 50 yards or more? I mean, it's it's an incredible record. It's something like that. And, and the same sort of thing as if, if the team in general goes over 100 yards rushing. Uh, the, the record's incredible over the last couple of years. So, yeah, if they can just, you know, keep the running game going. And they've got some great receivers, Philip. I mean, I, you know, I asked them after the press – asked the press conference after the game, asked one of them they had in there, do y'all practice one-handed catches? Because every game, it's like you see this spectacular one-handed catch from one of them at least a couple of times uh, on Saturday – uh, they, they've got some really talented receivers, and that means you cannot just focus on stopping the running game because they can blister you in a heartbeat with a long pass. And and that's what they did to kind of finish it off last um, Saturday. Uh, Chris Lewis got open down the sidelines to transfer from Kentucky. Gunnar Watson hit him just perfectly in stride, a uh, 60-something yard touchdown uh, pass and catch, and, and that really put the game away. And then Kamani Vidal just – for insurance, uh, went 70-something yards, I think it was, on a direct snap. Uh, and so, yeah, they got everything going right now. And they're going into a little different uh, situation Saturday against the four of a style team they're playing against in Army, though. So that will be an interesting test for them. Yeah, uh, Devontae Ross had that uh, one-handed catch. It even, yeah. I remember it was a pass interference call. Uh, he just yeah. you know, wants to, didn't need to, need to throw that flag. Okay, right. you know, he That's took right. care of it. I think maybe the rest of them are getting jealous because it seemed like for a couple of weeks there, Chris Lewis was getting one every single week. That's and then right. it, and another thing, too, is every week it's a different guy as the leading receiver because last week it was Dothan's own Jabri Barber. Uh, mm-hmm. He went over 100. We've seen Chris Lewis. This week, Deshaun Stoudemire had a big game. He had the fumble. Uh, they're near the goal line, but uh, still a big game for him. And so, and that's good too because for, for Troy, you can't key on one receiver yeah. because any of them can step up and have a big day. Yeah, from a from just a from looking from the press box, you think, man, that's as solid as they can play on both sides of the ball. And then you go down to the press conference, and Summerall's upset about all these things he saw that went wrong, and that shows you what kind of coach he is. I mean, he's not focused in on. Yeah, we won this game. We look great, this, that, and the other. He's looking at what did we do wrong? What can we correct? And I think that's a sign of a good football coach. I mean, even before looking at the film, he knew all these things that he was not happy with. And, man, if you can continue to improve week by week and eliminate those mistakes, the sky's the limit for this team, I think, again this year. Yeah, I think one thing he keeps hitting on, I know he did on, on Monday uh, during the press conference that uh, he had, uh, the tackles for losses, the ones against them. He's still wanting that part of it cleaned up. But it seems like they're getting better at that. It does. And, again, I think that comes with just more experience now with those linemen working together. They made one move a couple of weeks ago just to make a different a change. Uh, they moved, I think it was uh, Blake Austin. Wait, Gant, Gant, uh, Grant Bass moved from uh, left guard, I think, to right left tackle maybe, and Blake Austin became the left guard. Um, they moved, just made one personnel move. Just to, to, they, they felt like they could do something a little different with one of their players, and, and it has shown in the last couple of weeks. I mean, the line has really come together. Um, you know, the tackles for losses are a little bit of a problem. Uh, Gunner, he'll hang in there 
sometimes instead of just getting the, letting the ball loose, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they're working on, you know, if they can get the pass protection a little better, the running game is, is there now. You're starting to see the holes that you didn't see earlier in the year. Yeah, then Gunnar Watson got in on the running game too on Saturday off the uh, off the replay. Yeah, that um, surprised everybody. I think it was an all time career run of sixteen yards for him. But yeah, that took, that that you do something like that and that keeps him off guard. Yeah, I was watching uh, the ESPN Plus broadcast uh, with uh, with Ben Stanfield, and they talked about that. So I think that was a career uh, long for him. They was calling him uh, instead of Gunnar Watson, uh, Runner Watson on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so their matchup with Army, Army's two and three. You know, this is always a tough matchup because the style of offense they run, the triple option attack, you're not used to seeing it. I joked with somebody the other day. I said, well, at least used to with Georgia Southern. You saw this in the Sun Belt. Uh, but now with, uh, with Helton, their head coach, that's throwing the ball all over the place. So you don't really see it in the Sun Belt anymore either. So, you know, for you, what do you think is going to be key for Troy, you know, going up against that style of offense? It is going to be different because this is probably the only week they're going to have to prepare for something like this. Um, and it's supposed to rain up there Saturday. I think it's like a 70% chance of rain. So besides if they just normally would run the football, I think you're really going to just see that. The good thing about it is you can kind of key in on that, you know, and I think the Troy defense will, you know, they got such a strong defensive front. I think it's going to be tough for Army to run on them. The linebackers are starting to play better, uh, and you're talking about replacing Carlton Marshall and K.J. Robertson from last year. So this is a whole new group of linebackers, but they're starting to play better. So I think it plays into um, Troy's favor because, obviously, with Kamani Vidal, you're going to be able to run the ball or should be able to run the ball against Army. Uh, the key is to get Army off the field and not let them have those long, sustained drives and and, and try to do something when you get the ball and, and keep, like I said, keep Army off the field because that's their bread and butter. Uh, it will be a different look, and I think that's good for Troy to see something different. Uh, I think last year's score was 10-7. to 7, uh, Troy yeah, it was low. So probably going to be a low-scoring game, especially if it does rain. So it would be a good test for Troy. It would be something different. And then they got an off week, and they can kind of get back to what they've been doing. Uh, and they got some big games coming up with uh, Texas State on the road and then South Alabama is when they get back to Troy. So it's going to be about almost a month before they play in Troy again because you got the off week at Texas State, and then finally South Alabama comes back. So I think it would be a good time as far as if they can get this win and kind of keep on the road to have the break, heal some wounds, and then get ready for the stretch run. Yeah, because Texas State coming up is going to be a, a niche run because T.J. Finley leads to yeah. some belt and throat and pass right now. Of course, we know the South Alabama game. That's that's the rival. That's the big, that's the big game for them. So yeah, it's going to be a interesting uh, uh, going into how they deal and going into these games. And I want to transition. I also want to ask you your thoughts on Alabama and Auburn. First off, John, you know, you've been doing this a long time, and you've covered and seen Nick Saban for all these years. I ask people this all the time. Does he seem like he is just joking around a whole lot more than he used to? Because even after losses, I see after the Texas game, he was doing his coaches show on Thursday night, and he was cracking jokes, and he's doing it now. Um, I think we're, we're seeing a much more mellow Nick Saban uh, than, than we're used to. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, he used to would not joke with in a, at a press conference with reporters or laugh or smile or any of that kind of thing. Uh, we saw a little of the old Nick Saban during the Mississippi State game when he re really in the first half got on his um, players, assistants, the whole deal. And I think finally it just like it, he just had to let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, then the first couple of games of the year, even the Texas game and, and the uh, South Florida game, it was just strange almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was hardly any kind of 
he didn't ever leave it look mad. He just mm -hmm. maybe concerned, but you thought, man, is he kind of losing his edge? Is, um, is he mellowing out? And yeah, I think he is mellowing out some. I mean, you get older and, and you, you know, it's, it's just a little different. I think he knows he's got to handle players a little different in this day and age, even different than from five years ago. Um, and that, he's trying to figure out this team, you know, do I need to be a little more gentle with them until they come around? When do I kind of explode on them? Well, I think he kind of exploded on them against Mississippi State. And really, you know, last week, I honest to goodness thought going into that game against Texas A&M, Texas A&M might be the better team. And playing at home, I really felt like they would probably win the game, to be quite honest with you, because if you looked at, you know, games of both teams, and I was able to see a little bit of Texas A&M uh, games earlier in the year, I thought this is one team that I think physically – can certainly match up with Alabama, uh, you know, as far as athletes and that kind of thing. Then you go into, you know, they're playing at home. Uh, Milro, you know, still kind of learning uh, to be a starting quarterback for Alabama in that kind of hostile environment. I gave Texas A&M a little bit of an edge. So I'm so impressed that Alabama came away with that victory, especially when you consider they didn't play great. They had all a bunch of penalties. Uh, had a touchdown taken away from a penalty that probably shouldn't have been called. Um, and they still get out of there with a win. And uh, so I think you got to tip your hat to Alabama to go in into that environment against a very good team. The winner you figure is going to be the front runner without a doubt to win the SEC West, and that's Alabama now. And they they went in and earned that game. And so I, Alabama, we kind of talk about Troy getting better week by week. Without a doubt, we're seeing Alabama do the same. Uh, and and, and Milrose, he continues to get better and more comfortable. You know he's dangerous. We knew that mm -hmm. from the start. Uh, he can make things happen when things are breaking down. But he's getting more comfortable in the pocket. And, man, I, I think he, he he passes better when the pressure's on him, it seems like to me. Uh, and so, you know, Alabama is, is starting to hit their stride. Their defense is getting, it's getting better. Secondary still a concern. Uh, and there's some games out there that they could lose without a doubt. This isn't the dominant Alabama team we've seen in the past, but this is certainly right now the best team in the SEC West. Yeah, it seems like with them, and they almost feel like a throwback to maybe one of Nick Saban's earlier teams because you don't have that quarterback and those rece NFL receivers when they were just littered with them. You know, had four of them at one time uh, with Tua when he was their quarterback, but play really good defense, which they do, run the ball, and then Milro makes some plays through the air and on the ground too as well but also feels like with them like they need to brain their a game a lot now they can't brain their b game and still beat people like they used to they're the talent level has they, they there is not as big as a gap between them and some teams in the conference no it, it's leveled off and uh you know kind of been spoiled by quarterbacks in recent year with alabama i mean they've had nfl pro quarterbacks as you know starting for them so you get a just a I won't say an average quarterback. Miro is more than average, but you get a quarterback that is not a Heisman Trophy candidate, and things are a little different. Don't have the star running back, really. Uh, the line, as big as it is, I think is kind of slow. Uh, the defense is very good, but they don't have a Will Anderson. Uh, they got some very good players, but they don't have that dominant, dominant player. And the secondary has been a little sketchy. Um, they've got a place kicker that they used to didn't have when they had those dominant teams that's really, really good, of course. Uh, but, yeah, this is the Alabama team that's got to – they got to bring their A game every week because there's there's LSU down the road, there's Tennessee down the road, there's Kentucky down the road, and they play at Auburn. If they don't bring their A, -A, -A, -A game in any of those games, they're in trouble. You know, and then you talked about Auburn there at the end. 
is going to Jordan Hare. We always know that game's wild. Whenever Alabama goes to Jordan Hare, that's like a, a, a whorehouse for Alabama, it feels like. But Auburn this year, obviously rebuilding year. You know, you know, Hugh Freeze talked about it, you know, coming into the season. When he got to Auburn, he said, this is not the talent level where the Auburn team should be at. And he's they're improved from last year, and he improved the roster through the transfer portal. But you can tell offensively they're still lacking playmakers at receiver. Quarterback is still iffy with Thorne and Ashford. But uh, defense has played well. That's been a positive for Auburn. Uh, just what's been your overall takeaways from the first five games with Hugh Freeze at Auburn? I'm with you, and the defense is better than I thought it would be. Um, the offense is not as good as obviously I, I figured it would be, with, especially with Hugh Freeze kind of being the, the head coach. And I know he's not the quote offensive coordinator, but when I watched the California game, I thought after that was over with, man, that's not a very good football team. And, and it, it, you, know, you go out there and get a win, that's fine. But I thought, man, it's going to be a long year with these guys. The Georgia game gives you hope that, hey, these guys are improving. Uh, they can play with the best in the nation because Georgia obviously is right now the, the best in the nation, the cream of the crop. So if you can kind of stand toe-to-toe with Georgia and have a chance to win that game, I think, you know, that gives you a lot of momentum going forward. Uh, the off week was probably good for Auburn. I've been very, um, I, I guess, discouraged, discouraged at Peyton Thorne. I thought he would be a much better uh, passer, and you know, from when you look back when he was at Michigan, Michigan State. Just hadn't played very well. And um, – Maybe he will turn the corner. They will need him to to have success. You know, obviously the running ball pretty good. The offensive line's been okay. Uh, the running backs have been running stronger in the last couple of weeks. But they got to have a good passing game. And I know that goes back too to having good receivers. Uh, but Thorne is, I don't know. He he he's been slow to get the ball out. Uh, he's he's got he's got to he's got to fling it. Let those receivers go get it. And I know they're working on that type of thing. But I guess that's been my biggest biggest disappointment as far as on Auburn's end is, is is Thorne just not playing as well as I thought he may could. Robbie Ashford's a fine athlete, but you know, I don't think he's the guy that you can just hang your hat on either. So you got to use both of them and, and hope whoever's got the hot hand brings you through. Let's face it, Auburn's got two average quarterbacks. Unless Thorne comes along in the in the next couple of weeks, that's what we're looking at. Uh, Ashford can help you just, uh, you know, he can obviously a great running quarterback. He's not going to hurt you with, with the pass. We know that, but he can certainly have a role in this team, but you, but right now, you know, Auburn's a, um, a mediocre offensive team. That's, that's got to get better if they're going to, you know, do well towards the end of the season. Look with LSU coming up at, that's going to be a tough one on the road. Mm-hmm. Then they got Ole Miss at, at home. That's going to be tough, but towards the, you know the very back end of their schedule, they got chances uh, to to knock off some good some some teams and and have a good record. And then you got Alabama coming in for the final one, and I know Alabama obviously will be the the heavy favorite, I would imagine, in that one. But as you know, anything could happen when they play at Jordan Hare anyway. And uh, so you know, let's see how they improve on the second half of the season. That'll be interesting to me because I think they got a good coaching staff in place. I think they got a good plan. It's just, can do they have the players to execute? Mm-hmm. Um, I think next year they'll be very competitive. I think two in two years from now, Freeze will have where you, Auburn should be as far as knocking on the door, being a contender in in the SEC and and in the you know making the playoffs, a contender and making the playoffs. But right now, this is a this is a middle of the pack SEC team, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, 
it's going to be tough against LSU. I mean, Auburn, we talked about Auburn's defense is playing well, but that offense, the way LSU is playing offensively right now, that's going to be hard. And I joked with somebody, I said, well, uh, it's, it's going to be weakness versus weakness against LSU, the LSU defense versus the Auburn offense. Let's see which one uh, can step up. And then, you, like you said, you got all Miss. But, you, you know, you look at Arkansas. I mean, they're, they're playing Alabama this week, so they're looking at two and five. That's a beatable team. Mm-hmm. Um Mississippi State's not great now. Will Rogers, we'll see what what his injury situation is. You got Vanderbilt, you got New Mexico in there too. So I mean, that's that's three or four games you can win. If just say yeah. you win those, that's seven wins. I think you take year one under Hugh Freeze. If you get seven wins, I think you take that. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe you knock off a Ole Miss, or you know, who knows? Uh, LSU crazy things happen when those two teams play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you can knock off either an LSU and Ole Miss, and I could see them beating Ole Miss. Uh, I think that'll be a tall order, but I could see him being no miss. And then, like you said, the back, the very back end there, uh, you should take care of. You know, I'm not saying they can just beat Arkansas and Mississippi State by showing up. By no means, those are very similar teams: Auburn and Mississippi State, Auburn and Arkansas. Very similar. It can go either way. But if they can get those wins and finish strong, I think a seven-win season, or maybe, man, if they got eight wins, that would really be something for. What if they're dealing with talent-wise right now? Yeah, so so it's gonna be interesting. I think uh, you know, look past these games. Like I said, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a lot of intensity in that one because you know Lane Kiffin all season did throw some shots toward uh, uh, Hugh Freeze, and then obviously the Auburn fans are probably gonna be getting after Lane because look, so many people thought Lane Kiffin was coming to Auburn, and then that game yeah. being in Auburn, so that's gonna be an intense. It's a night game. They've already announced that's gonna be at night, so we'll see. That's gonna be fun. But in the back half, like you said, yeah. opportunities are there for Auburn. You know, to get to that six or seven win. Uh, Mark and uh, John, this has been fun too. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking all things Alabama, Auburn, and Troy. But if the listeners and viewers want to check you out, where can they find you and uh, where can they check out the Dothan Eagle? Yeah, DothanEagle.com, of course, is our website. We print now just three days a week. That's on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday if you want a print edition. Uh, one thing I tell folks is if you, um, well, hopefully, I would hope you subscribe to our digital edition if you just want to get it. Digitally, you can do that. It's not that expensive. If you get the print, if you subscribe to the print, you get the digital along with that. But also, you can uh, go on to Facebook and uh, like the Dothan Eagle page. And, you know, most all of our local stories are on there as well. So any way you want to read us, we'd love to have you do that. Everybody go do it. I'm a subscriber. It's well worth uh, the money. And, uh, John, I appreciate the time. And I look forward to when we get to do this again sometime down the road. Thank you, Philip. Appreciate it as always. All right, thanks again once to John Johnson uh, for coming on the show. I appreciate John. known John a long time. He gave me my first opportunity at uh, Sports Media back in 2010, 2009. I covered high school basketball uh, for the Dustin Eagle as a sports correspondent. And uh, I've always been appreciative of John and I always appreciate uh, when he comes on any show that I'm doing. So a lot of fun. And go check out Dustin Eagle. Go check them out. They do great work over there some good journalism over there at the death and eagle so we're gonna close things up uh with one thing and that is uh the braves winning on monday night you say it's wednesday why do you talk about it on tuesday if i didn't do a tuesday show we combined monday and tuesday show into one this past week i think it's done really well two numbers wise you're people are responding to it so appreciate that uh appreciate that a lot so i want to talk about the braves epic come from behind victory over the Phillies on Monday night to tie the series 1-1. And I, I am going to be completely honest. I went back and rewatched it, but about four-fifth inning, Braves are down 4 nothing. They could not get a hit for anything 
I turned it to Monday Night Football and watched the Packers and the Raiders. We will not get into that game, uh, that dumpster fire of a game that was, because I'm a Packers fan and I don't want to talk about it. So that, uh, that's that. But the Braves come back to tie the series 1-1. Of course, this is a best-of-five NLDS series. And it, it was just rough. It was rough. I mean, Max Fried had a rough first inning. He gave up a run. The bases did get loaded. He got out of it. Uh, but at some point, you know, the Phillies do go up 4 nothing in this game. We're not here to talk about the Phillies, though. This is the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. We care about the Braves here. Uh, that's that's the priority. So, But they build that 4 nothing lead. And the Braves – did not get on the board until the sixth inning. So that's 14 consecutive innings without a run. That's the longest streak for the Braves of the entire season. This is the best offensive team. This is the best team in baseball all year long. But in the sixth inning, they got a run after Ozzy Albee singled to right at a Ronald Kuna scored on an error uh, by the shortstop there by the Phillies. Uh, so they get the first run. It's 4-1. It's okay. Braves got a little momentum going here. Then in the seventh inning, Darno homered at a Matt Olson scored there as well. So now it's four to three. Braves has got some momentum. You know, they couldn't add any more there in the seventh. But there in the eighth inning, Austin Riley. I'm going to mention him again in a second. The two-run shot in the eighth inning, Ronald Acuna scores from third base. He just had stole third base too. And they're up. They're up five to four in the eighth inning, but the Phillies were trying to threaten. They had an opportunity. Um, and then, man, what a catch. I mean, tremendous catch by Michael Harris in the outfield. Leaping catch. He purposely put his hand on on the wall on the fence. He did it perfectly. He did it perfectly to catch it. Then he threw it back into the infield. Tremendous throw. Went past a couple of Braves. And then Austin Riley. Comes over, it's middle of the infield, throws it to first base because Bryce Harper never tagged. So he went and uh, he got him out, double play in the game. Braves win five to four. Tremendous play. I mean, that is a double play for the ages. I mean, you you can't watch that and say it's not. So the Braves will play again on Wednesday today, later on today. So on tomorrow's show, we will I may lead with the Braves. We'll see what the Braves do at uh, in game three. And we may lead with that. Got two great guests on Thursday. We're doing two guests on Thursday. Zach Nagy from LSU Country and Connor Goodson from Razorbacks Wire. And you ask, why are you having guys from LSU and Arkansas come on? Because that's who Auburn and Alabama are playing this weekend. Auburn's got LSU. Alabama's got Arkansas. So we're kind of doing a behind enemy lines, know your foe type episode on Thursday. And you know Friday, that will be me and Matt Lowe breaking it all down, previewing the upcoming weekend of college football and i appreciate y'all checking out the show you know you're probably saying monday went like 50 minutes and now today we're going less than 30 so uh, a little bit you know shorter show for you guys today but a little more lengthier on thursday and friday but uh i think you enjoy it like i said you're responding well to the show we're still trying to grow this so if you're listening to this if you're subscribed uh please leave a review i read them on future editions of the show leave a rating don't leave four stars or you're just a straight-up hater, uh, you can hit me up on social media, pjordansec, email me at sportsdollphilipjordan at gmail.com. And if you're checking the show out, you see the link, either the video, the YouTube, the link to wiregrassdailynews.com. Please share it. Tell people why I should be checking this show out. Tell us why it's one of the best sports shows you'll listen to. Uh, it's the only uh, regular, I think, sports podcast in Wiregrass. We have other ones. There's radio shows. 
but uh, sports podcast coming at you this often during the weekend with the guest that we bring on this show and the great guests will keep on coming week after week. And that's my promise I give to you. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everybody has a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.